All right, everybody, welcome to Saturday Night Rewind. I am here with Randall McDonald. Yeah, and I'm here with Brian Paradise. We're here to talk about season 46, episode 12 of Saturday Night Live with Regina King and musical guest Nathaniel Rateliff. Uh, Randall, what do you think of this one? Overall, I thought it was a, a great uh, show. There were some very memorable sketches, I thought, and uh, I really liked uh, Regina was, a, a, I thought, a little bit uh, bland. But I thought overall the writing was really good and the musical guest was uh, great. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that the Regina King as the host was probably one of the weaker elements, even though I know she is a talented person, right? Like yeah. she's been nominated uh, for a Golden Globe for directing for One Night Miami. She's an Oscar winner herself. Uh, as a performer for when Bill Street could talk or if Bill Street could talk. So like, I recognize that she is good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if this was her, but best kind of showcase for her, what she does well. Uh, I thought she was yeah. very poised. I thought she was very confident. So it wasn't like it was a, she didn't know what she was doing, but it was the, this felt like an example of sketches being written around her and not for her. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I, you could kind of tell that if she, I've, I think if she had more time, she would have done better. But just maybe just how quick that this show has to get put together, like it wasn't really maximizing her talents. Yeah, and, and all that being said, I think that it was a, it ended up being a good, um, ended up being a good showcase for the current cast because she wasn't really she was in most of the sketches but she wasn't the main focus of most of them uh right. and she so that gave kind of kate and ad and cecily and some of the guys a really good uh showcase throughout the episode so yeah uh, i i liked it kind of almost in spite of the host right yeah it kind of made them write better sketches yeah better sketches for the people that they're, they're used to writing for so um this i liked the beginning of the cold open. So talking about the cold open, uh, this what took the frame of uh, episode of Tucker Carlson tonight with Alex playing Tucker. What'd you think of this? I liked it. I thought Alex did a very good Tucker Carlson. Uh, the beginning part was uh, it got hit some good jokes, the kind of where it's just these news segments that don't really mean anything. And it just leaves you with fear. And then uh yeah, again, it, it was almost like uh, these last two episodes where they're kind of trying to get through everything that happened. But this one specifically stayed with the impeachment, but it kind of had that same formula where it was a lot of just different people coming in and kind of stating what happened. And this one was the impeachment of Donald Trump, the second one. Yeah, and I agree. I like that, uh, the, like you said, the way this started with a, a bunch of uh, kind of fear-mongering non-sequiturs. One of the examples was, uh, is Pixar making your kids depressed or gay? Is there a difference? What's worse that? So I liked that. And yeah. he was described as a human white claw. So I think there's a lot of um, things to mine about Tucker Carlson as a person. And I'd be welcome to see, like you said, Alex did a really good impression. I'd like to have him come back. So I was just so I was into that. And then I was bummed when we got into the remaking of the events of the week around the, um, the impeachment, but which they also had to do pretty quickly because that vote to not do witnesses and kind of 
finished the trial happened like midday on Saturday. Right. Oh yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. yeah. I remember eating breakfast seeing, oh, there's going to be witnesses. And then by lunch there weren't, and then they voted it and it was over. So all that stuff about, um, about Mitch McConnell talking about how he was guilty of everything that happened after the vote. So pretty close to air. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we got, a we got Kate McKinnon as Lindsey Graham and, yes. and AD Bryan as Ted Cruz. And they were funny. They're always funny together. Uh, but yeah, I thought, I thought they kind of missed the mark when they went into the trial and they had Pete Davidson and, uh, and Mikey day. It just, that, that part I think could have been cut. Yeah. I think that those folks, uh, were so inconsequential to the week because his Troyer, his lawyers were just like, uh, just, um, just comically inept that, Mm -hmm. It's, it's that all those people in Trump's orbit really defy parody. And I think that they were part of that. And I agree. It's not really about these people that are going to flit in and out of our lives for a week. It is about Graham and Cruz and McConnell. And those are people that we're going to be dealing with in the future. And I think that having, I really do like Kate and AD's portrayal of those characters. And same thing with Mitch. The thing that I, uh, and this is a, more political than I guess I, I really want to go into, but just the idea that Mitch McConnell is this prisoner and like, oh, he's so relieved that now he can say bad things about Trump that his like neck flap deflated. I just like disagree with the premise. Oh yeah. Yeah. I see well, what, you're, what you're saying. Yeah. Well, they did all that stuff with like early on with Kellyanne Conway uh, when Kate did that like short film with Carrie. Uh, of Kellyanne Conway, where she was basically having to lie for the president and was basically exhausted and it was so hard on her. And I think down the line, we realized like, no, yeah, she's fine with that. She's a bad person. I think that like, let's not, let's not imagine Mitch McConnell to be this principled guy that doesn't know what to do. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I think that goes just to, you know, SNL, they've got to make a joke out of it, you know? And I guess that's funny to think of him as the victim. (laughs) Yeah just doesn't feel right. Uh, yeah. yeah, I, I agree. I, so like, uh, like I said, I liked the beginning of it when it was doing uh, kind of a truckler, Tucker parody, but I think as they were just repeating stuff that I just kind of just gets old. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So uh, Regina King did her monologue. She basically just kind of introduced herself and then uh, Keenan crashed the stage. Yeah. And it was great. I, I wanted more of it. Yeah, I like perfect. that too. Uh, the uh, idea of Keenan as her hype man. Yeah, and he and he owned it with the air horn and yelling at whoever was in the front row. I was wondering who, if it was going to be like another cameo or another actor, and they never showed it. But yeah, I I was thinking, oh, it's going to be they're going to show somebody, and then when I realized that they weren't going to, I liked that even more. Like it doesn't matter who that person is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked it. It was a good. It was a good opening. It, it, this audience seemed weird. Like yeah. when, when she made the Eddie Murphy joke and she said, and then I stopped watching it after he left, you know, like it got nothing. And then yeah. that audience kind of was like that throughout weekend update too. I realized that some of the jokes were funny, but the audience was just like not there or weren't reacting. Right. And I, I yeah. And I think that, yeah, who knows what, what the composition of these audiences are going to be, especially because they are limited. They are from a select pool of people that, cause I'm pretty sure they're still just inviting healthcare workers and that kind of thing. So I think it's a, a smaller group, uh, but I also think that she kind of came in 
she had like run out to my memory. It's just like she started and you could just feel like a, like a energy vacuum a little bit. But yeah. She was like a, a kind of quieter kind of energy. She was less exuberant. Uh, certainly in contrast to somebody like uh, Dan Levy or some of the other folks that came on to the show that were so excited to be hosting SNL. Like that was a real achievement that she, yeah. even if that is true and it may be, she just did not come like, uh, she did not express that through her kind of presence and energy. So I think the audience was reacting a little bit to that too. It was just like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. And, and I, that's probably why they wrote the sketch the, or her monologue the way they did, because she was probably very nervous. And so they were like, we'll just make the premise that you're nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that we, we need somebody to, to up the energy, you know, because as a part of the function of the show, that they'll have cast members like warm up the audience mm-hmm. um, before they air. And I feel like this was almost like they were kind of warming the audience up while she was delivering her monologue. Yeah, yeah, totally. But it, it was all right. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was fine. I think bringing Keenan in was a, a good choice, but also maybe a harbinger of a, a less, uh, an episode focused less than the host. Yeah. Uh, the first sketch is a dating game sketch. What your, What's your type? Uh, this one had uh, Ego as like an MC and Cecily as the host and Regina as the, the bachelorette. So uh, she, her kind of job was to react. And the premise being that uh, some people like corny, cringy white guys, and uh, those guys were in the per- uh, were Kyle, Alex, and Mikey. What'd you yeah, what you? Uh, I want to hear your opinion first. What did you? Oh, I I hated it, but I think it was because when you do something that is meant to be meant to make the audience uncomfortable sometimes you're successful and i was just yeah. like oh i don't want to look at this like it, it oh. really did make me cringe they were so and i know kyle's always good at it but specifically mikey as oh link that i i was like i know that guy i know that guy i've seen that guy in so many different theater drama groups yes and god he just nailed it it was so like genuine and real he didn't overdo it and it was so cringy <laughs> oh it like it, it was like the worst guy in your improv class like, yeah just i i don't want to be around you yeah yeah and he was it was so it was so believable that i i absolutely loved it i thought it was a very good showcase of mikey <laughs> Yeah. And, but so I, I think I was responding to the fact that they were effectively portraying their characters, right? Like they were right. all believably awkward men. And yeah. like even having like um, Mikey sing a little bit of Two Princes and yeah. then kind of immediately regret it. And then later when he like turtled into his sweater and like all that was just awful to watch. Oh man, and that was the point. He started with a happy Black History Month day to you. And <laughs> immediately I was like, oh my God. Uh, it's so cringy. Yeah. Yikes. It like it it did what it was supposed to do. And yeah. she responded the way she needed to. Uh, I liked some of Cecily's uh, asides. Uh, talking about how yeah. she just got menopause by how unturned on she was. Uh, yeah, that was like, a great line. Ego just like self-immolated i guess she just got like melted and like disappeared which is 
good and a good, like you said, good showcase for the people. Like it just made me uncomfortable. Yeah. Which was the point. Which was the point. I think, I think it, too, it was more uncomfortable again, I think because of the host, I think she wasn't confident enough to where she was coming off cringy as well. Whereas like if she came off more like I'm really into this as like overly into it, it would have came off better. I think. Yeah, I think that I think maybe that was it, because I think that um, having somebody that was because she was saying that she was into it, but it didn't right. feel like it. And she also wasn't, pay, uh, I, I think, playing a character that would l like logically be into that, I guess. And not saying right. she just need, needs to be another nerd, but I think you just need to really be like, oh, yeah, give that to me, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I think she downplayed it a little bit and and it needed to be up more. Yeah. Uh, it, this is followed by uh, a great fake commercial for Peloton. I loved this thing. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about it. You talk what, about it. What I like about this one. So this is for uh, a parody of Peloton bikes is Peloton. And the, the premise of the sketch is that some people are just not motivated by uh, praise and being hyped and stuff, which I like a hundred percent agree with. Like when mm -hmm. I see the Peloton commercials of the people like, oh yeah, you can do it, whatever. And I'm a distance runner. And I swear to God, if I was running an hour in which somebody was like giving me good vibes the whole time, I would lose my mind. So just like going like, at, what is another way of motivating people and it, like the idea that they were like emotionally manipulating them, being withholding, um, like gaslighting them, gaslighting them, talking behind their back, like all that. And then seeing the genuine seeming reactions of the people that owned the, the Peloton bikes, uh, Chloe, uh, Andy, Ego, Melissa, and Beck, they all had like really kind of sincere seeming reactions to like, no, 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 I'll, I'll work harder. Or like, you know, having, yeah. having that actually be effective, I thought was really cool. So it wasn't like yeah. it, they described a person that this would work for and then they showed it working which i really liked yeah i thought it was a very very clever sketch um it had a good it escalated nicely the the fisheye camera that has a shot of your uh rear was was very funny too it got yeah. a big laugh uh yeah this was just a great sketch just a great parody uh do you think that this was the sponsor of the no, I think there. The, I think there are some other examples of actual logos. Like there was okay. a, right after this. There's another one, um, but I, one of the lines I pulled out uh, I, was, "I hate exercise, but I hate Sarah more." Uh, yeah. referring to one of the trainers that the the customer was being motivated by. And I thought that was like perfect. And one of my notes I write was wrote was like really good details, just very specific. Yeah of the way you could kind of manipulate people that way. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and all the teachers are really good too. Bowen and Kate and Heidi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They played very specific insulters, you know, or abusers. Oh yeah. It was so good. I, I really liked it. And this is the one, uh, it's funny cause I had to watch this, uh, when my wife, Aaron wasn't around and, that I like just heard it being played like that sketch in another room. So it's like that one somehow found some life uh, away from the show almost immediately. Yeah. I, and actually a lot of these sketches in this show uh, 
this episode found are are kind of going viral by themselves. Yeah. So that Peloton one is, I think, the second most seen clip from this episode, uh, and it's got almost two million views. And yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of those like, especially because the those commercials have been so pervasive at least on the streaming services that i watch like those are the commercials i'm being delivered um that's i think everybody's kind of over it which i like yeah so after this is uh one where they do an actual brand name is uh the gorilla glue lawyers ad uh yeah. this is with uh keenan and regina yeah so this is a real thing that happened did you know about this yes yeah so, so this is like it's on tiktok star use gorilla glue on her hair because she ran out <laughs> and uh this is the perfect i thought this was another very well written sketch uh all about how this family who has also used gorilla glue accidentally or whenever they run out of things and just the game of we're not stupid uh keena kept repeating that and i thought that that was just so funny yeah and it's funny they they don't say that they've made them the same mistake but they just have wigs on that have been styled with glue right so i, I think that's a nice touch because they don't really talk about it they have three testimonials of customers ego chris and cecily that all have kind of distressing things that have happened to their hair that are all kind of stuck in position um but yeah I, I i i think that is the detail i didn't pick up on until you you mentioned it where that like the trying to portray themselves as competent uh, where they, but they also paired that with a sides like we know how hard it is to, going to be to take a gorilla to court. Right. So yeah. not a full understanding of what's going on, but uh, uh, yeah, I think it was, there's this kind of genre of these kind of law firm, small town businesses kinds of things that SNL does pretty frequently. This is another one where I don't know if this works with just Regina king but having keenan paired with her makes it work right exactly yeah yeah keenan really drove this sketch and yeah it showcased everyone else very well i like chris reds uh <laughs> and at the end of the sketch where he has his hands in his pants yeah it's like yeah acrylic glued oops <laughs> yeah i think it uh it was, it was a very good night for keenan kind of overall so i think this was uh, yet another example of that yeah yeah uh, this next one really feels like it could have been uh, Regina King did not need to be in this sketch. So this is uh, the birthday novelty signs sketch um, with AD Regina, Heidi, Cecily, and uh, Chloe. Yeah. Um, so what, what's this one? So this one is uh, a bunch of uh, uh, middle-aged women sitting around for uh, 80s uh, birthday and uh, they're giving her gifts and the gifts are all of those cute signs, those wooden signs that, that a lot of people have in their houses that are like live, laugh, love, yeah. but they're all like drinking theme. And it just escalates to where you figure out that all these signs are kind of like you have a problem. Um, and 80 eventually gets kind of frustrated and angry. I thought what made this sketch very good was that the supporting women kind of just, owned it like they didn't ever like feel sorry for her be like you have a drinking problem it was all like no it's just cute fun open this next one yeah yeah i like that it was like many rounds of signs that it wasn't yeah. like there's four guests so there's four signs it was like 
10 signs. Um, so I like that it was kind of uh, it, like it escalated really nicely because it went from like the who, what, when, where, wine kind of things to um, I did dry January because I didn't bathe because I was too drunk to find the bathtub. Like that kind of level of specificity was really nice. Yeah. And they did some good prop work of like signs that like had hinges and folded down. Yeah. One thing that, yeah, I think that frustrated me was Chloe was not in it enough and she had a very good character, I thought. I think she only gave one sign. Yeah. She only gave one sign. And then you had Regina giving like, I think she gave like five or six signs. And I was like, I want more Chloe in this. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to see more Chloe. I kind of forgot that she was there. Initially, I think I wrote that it was Melissa because of the wig. I couldn't even get a good look at her. So, And then she did very little in the sketch. There was a lot of obviously uh, highlighting Regina because she is the host. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something that I do want to point out just about Chloe and just give her some praise. The character that she had and the little bit that she did, she did so much with it. Like it, it was no to me. And I kind of got Tina Favor from her. Yeah. Yeah. I like what that. It was, but there's something about her. A lot of specificity, even if she didn't have a whole lot to do, which I, I really do like about her. Um, but yeah, like, uh, I thought it was very good. I think that it gained nothing by having Regina King. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, next one, I think, was a much better, uh, by contrast, a much better uh, arena for her. And that was the negotiator. Yeah. Yeah. So this this was one, a... I imagine you liked. Uh, I did like it. I, uh, You know, it was kind of a cheap, cheap kind of joke but yeah it was a digital short so she got to be in her kind of element uh in pretty much the premise of this is she's a negotiator there's a hostage situation on the roof with mikey day and uh she's gotta talk him down but right before she had just accidentally eaten some weed gummies and uh she starts seeing pete davidson in a gummy bear uh, outfit and starts hallucinating yeah, yeah. And it kind of has some very interesting, specific things that happen. So Mikey is the, the guy holding Andy Dismukes hostage. Uh, Bowen and Regina are on the floor as, or on the ground as cops. And uh, so we get Pete as a gummy bear. And then he's joined by 80 as another gummy bear. And mm -hmm. then we get... Um, Melissa Villasenor being able to pull out her Marge Simpson impersonation uh, yeah. where she's Marge Simpson, who is also the devil. <laughs> and then we, the, the last kind of escalation of this is Beck, not only as the son, but specifically as the grown up son from Teletubbies. Right. Yeah. Uh, very, I mean, uh, it was funny. It was funny. It was a funny sketch. Yeah. And like, um, Production design was really cool. They made it feel uncomfortable with kind of the filters they were using and the camera angles they were using. It felt very kind of uh, kind of this good sense of unease throughout the the whole thing. So uh, even though this is like super not my sense of humor, I thought it was really well done. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I wish it would have had a better ending than just Mikey Day saying, "This is too weird. I'm done." You know, because <laughs> like from my point of view, I'm like he's just watching this cop trip out and he was about to kill this guy and now that's the thing you know i don't know yeah. what what i wanted but i wanted something a little more smarter i think yeah i can agree with that i um 
Yeah, I think that the, I liked how specific the turns were of the things she was seeing. But I agree that like in the logic of this scene where we don't know why Mikey has taken a hostage, but it's probably a decision he did not make, take lightly. And just having Regina, I'm imagining, you know what I wish they showed? Is if you remember the digital short um, from the Lonely Island Great Day, where yeah. it's it's Andy tripping or whatever, and then at the end you see him um, as just like foaming at the mouth, laying on the ground. Yeah, um, like we see the you know we saw this whole Technicolor thing that from his perspective, but really what the reality is is this this person on drugs. Yeah, yeah. And I can't imagine that Regina King and like the reality of the scene was doing anything more interesting than like mumbling to herself. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And to have him, you know, just give up. Maybe it would have been cool if like maybe she tried to shoot the gummy bear and she accidentally like shoots the gun out of his hand or something like, you know, a little bit more clever than just, yeah, I'm weirded out. Bye. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, then she's just asleep. <laughs> yeah. Then after that, we get Nathaniel Rateliff. He was uh, did a couple songs, Little Honey and Redemption. He was joined by the Night Sweats proper for the uh, second song. I, having known nothing about him, it was great. It was really good. Yeah, I, I thought that you would like him. He's 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 a he's very talented. His him and his band are great. I yeah, love their really sound. cool musicianship. It, like it it took me a while. Like I was doing a little reading afterwards, and they described him as a country act, and I guess that's true, but it didn't feel that way. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's country. I don't know what he what I would label him as, but it, it's it's uh it's better than country. <laughs> well, no, and like I just think it, it felt like you know like a singer songwriter with a little twang, kind of like how um, we had. Oh, who was the musical guest uh, with in the last episode? Uh. Was it Phoebe? No. Thank you. Yeah. So what just like it? Phoebe yeah. Bridgers is a singer songwriter with a little like rock edge to her. This just felt yeah. like he was writing some personal music, but there wasn't like a mandolin, you know, it right. didn't really feel like that kind of country, but it was great. I thought it was very good. Yeah. I would put him in like with a Bon Iver or, or something kind of like with that style. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bonivere or any of those kind of like, yeah. just kind of quiet. Yeah, but he does. He actually does have some upbeat songs that are very good. Yeah, I like the second song more than I like the first one, and that's the one that's with the night sweats. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where he's on the piano. Cool, yeah, dude. That was very good. So uh, we uh, liked Nathaniel Rateliff, and then uh, we have update. So um, this one, they kind of got their Washington stuff out of the way. I really liked the idea that uh, in the 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 resolution that the um, impeachment was not he was not convicted of impeachment for a second time that the the idea that uh, 43 of Pence's work friends were like oh stop being such a drama queen I thought that yeah. was like a very nice uh, specific <laughs> thing like he's the does all these people experience this whole horrible thing and for whatever reason we're like yeah no it's fine yeah yeah it, it, that was a good point to to make i think uh colin also made a point too about how biden should try it too since apparently it's legal and like yeah, what right. would you do if, if he did it <laughs> yeah i also really liked uh 
Che's observation that just because there is video evidence doesn't mean you're going to get a conviction, which just has some really good layers yeah. to that statement. Well, and like that was a great joke and a great, you know, statement. And just like the crowd again, just like left it. Like was yeah. just like, uh, and that made it like worse. And I was like, that was a great joke. Yeah. Oh, well, it's so funny because like you could say that and I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. Right. right. Like, are you talking about George Floyd? Are you talking about uh, the L.A. kind of uh, Rodney King stuff? Like, what are you talking about? Because it's been happening for over 30 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it says a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I thought that was a really good, uh, really good joke. I also liked. Can we talk about uh, Ted Cruz's hair for an hour? Yeah. Uh, I thought that was this, really nice. Yeah. What is up? <laughs> uh, so my this my favorite part of this episode was Kate's QAnon uh, correspondent piece. Yeah. Another great character from Kate. I don't know why I'm surprised when she does it, but oh my God, it's so funny. Yeah. Like it is, it's so great because it, it is obviously she's dressed as a witch. Mm -hmm. It is clear very early that She's into QAnon because she believes that they are going to find the people that are going to help her eat children. Uh, and it was just so, oh, it was so great. And I like the reveal, like two thirds, the fact that she reveals two thirds into it, that she is a witch. Yeah. Like, I know this is going to come from left field, but I'm a witch. Yeah. And I, oh God, it was so good. I really, really liked, like, I didn't know where it was going. And yeah. then just the, just her kind of spacey kind of kind of I'm doing this kind of half-hearted witch impression is really good too. Like it, oh, it just had so many great specific things. Yeah. It was such a cool performance and a nice, um, a nice way of talking about this is what people apparently believe. Right. Yeah. And showing the absurdity in that through a witch. Yeah, and I think that like QAnon is not going away for a while, and it's going to probably require a fair amount of uh, examination. So having like um, the person uh, got a portraying uh, what a couple of weeks ago where they had somebody portraying the Congress member that is a big right. QAnon person, and that kind of like maybe they believe in it, maybe they don't, but they're certainly like playing to a crowd. And then having Kate do the perspective of like this is what they believe is happening if you take it at face if you take it at face value that they believe that there's like a sex cult of democrats that are like abducting children and eat, eating them right i guess this is an example of somebody that would be into that right it would be a witch from hanson gretel yeah oh so good <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, a really good line is that uh, she made a house made out of candy, but kids don't eat candy anymore. So she made a house full of made of beyond beef. Yeah. And it really just good. melted away. Yeah. Um, so I thought I really liked that one a lot. Um, I also another great line after after this thing was when uh, they were talking about Morgan Wallen's album sales going up. And then uh, Colin says, if NBC would just make, let me say it, the ratings would yeah. go up. <laughs> Another great joke, but nothing from the crowd. No, nothing. And I, but I like that, like they have created a kind of meta thing on top of update in which 
uh, Che is a sexual deviant and Colin is a white supremacist. And yeah. the fact, this is one of the first times that he's made a joke at his own expense related to that like world that they're building. Uh, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was very funny, very funny moment. Yeah, especially as a pairing to last week when they were talking about, I wonder how Morgan Wallen learned about that. And they had a picture of, of Colin and Morgan Wallen together. So that was really nice. Um, <laughs> then we get uh, Lauren doing this uh, boyfriend Valentine's Day thing. What do you think of this? I thought it was unnecessary. I mean, I want to see more of Lauren to see what she's got. But uh, I feel like we this is a character that we've seen uh, everywhere in all of sketch comedy. <laughs> this feels just- like... It feels like an audition piece. Yeah. yeah right. Like the girl. Like, yeah. Go ahead. It's not even that, that like strong of a character, really. No. And I think that this is the difference between Lauren and Heidi. Right. Mm-hmm. So Lauren has it's basically it's, it's, it's a little more than a premise. It's not really a character. So this person is going to give advice. She gives a couple of lines that make it where she doesn't understand how to be alone. Then we find out that she's been dumped and then watching her react to that. It just like wasn't nearly as interesting as other correspondent pieces and didn't feel like there was enough detail in her performance to, to make it elevate beyond. Wouldn't it be funny if you were a relationship expert and you got broken up with on air? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just wasn't original and wasn't uh, specific, I guess, enough to really stand out. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, the way they rounded out update was uh, with, Beck as drunk Tom Brady, uh, which I thought was pretty funny. I thought it was great. It, it started to, to teeter on drunk uncle, but uh, yes. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, just some great details of him opening his beer with the Lombardi trophy and him kind of having this wistful, like I've won the Super Bowl, probably going to win it again. Nobody likes me. Like I, yeah. I liked I liked that kind of stuff. Yeah. Cause uh it's been interesting because I'm from New England. I like Tom Brady and the Patriots. And so I was I was rooting for them with for the Super Bowl and having most people be like how how much they hate him. Uh yeah. and which I, you know, between the kind of Trumpy revelations and then him just like winning a bunch of football games. Uh, it's pretty natural. So it's bit, I thought it was a cool way, especially because the, the way that they showed him like partying in Tampa Bay afterwards uh, was like, I thought it was a good uh, kind of uh, angle at that. Yeah. Yeah. Great angle. And, and again, yeah. People only focus on him kissing his children. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he just, he doesn't care. That's why I like how he ends it. It's just like, I'm just joking. I'm going to win another one. Oh yeah, exactly. That, uh, clearly Tom Brady is immune to your criticism, which is why he is 43 years old and still winning Super Bowl MVP awards. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. My wife and I were uh, talking today. Apparently him and Giselle have like this, um, uh, personal chef that is not surprising, but, uh, they eat. 80% vegetables, 20% lean meat. They grow like uh, organic stuff on their property. They only eat organic food. It was just like, and they don't drink alcohol, uh, at least not at the house. So it's just like, that is how you 
play football at that level at 43, I guess, and how you continue to be Giselle Bunchen in your 40s as well. Yeah. Just yeah. Clean living. I also read that he sleeps 10 hours a day or something. That's like his secret. Well, and the other thing is, I guess he kicked out his kids 12 days before the Super Bowl. Oh my God. They're like, know that. Sent, yeah, he like sent the kids somewhere else. <laughs> and I don't know if that included Giselle, but like basically he's like, I got to focus. Yeah. I can't have my kids around. Oh, that's crazy. That guy's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I liked it. I liked Beck. I thought it was a good impression, but yeah, I agree. It was doing a little bit of that, especially when he did that, um, kind of buzzing the air through his lips thing, which is like a nice specific drunk person detail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was good. Uh, so after this is the backstage kind of writer disco thing uh, with Fleona. And this, I think, was the best use of Regina King all night. Oh, I agree. Totally agree. And good use of Bowen as well. Uh, a great, again, great games. A lot of these ep- a lot of these sketches in this episode had some really good games of the scene of just the no, 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 no slap. No, no. Yes. And then the last one is a yes, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I liked, I liked the, yeah, I liked the game. I liked that the way that they escalated the details. I liked the precision that how quickly things moved um, for all kind of the iterations of this that were really good. I liked uh, even the specific detail of like Keenan and 80, uh, Andy walk in with a bass and two amps. <laughs> which just feels like a nice character detail. Like, oh, they're walking in, they're musicians, they have stuff. And then the revelation that that is all they brought is great. Yeah, yeah, very funny. And there, yeah, and there are so many small details with what they needed every single time. I can't even remember because there's so many. But yeah. Uh, yeah, it was a great sketch. And yeah, Regina actually shined in this one. She did very well. Yeah, and I liked that with uh, AD as the hairdresser as an example. It's like, did you bring all these things? No. What did you bring? This one useless thing? I thought that was a nice formula for that as well, right? So it's like, no, I didn't bring yeah. any of these things that you need, but I do have like a brush. Right, right. And and this goes to show that like every sketch doesn't need to be hilarious to be good. Like just having a nice game and escalating it well, um, there wasn't like, a laugh out loud, like huge laugh in it, but it was entertaining and it was, uh, and it was funny overall. Yeah. And I think, uh, something that we're certainly going to miss when Keenan leaves, whenever that is, whether that's this year or in the future is that he's such a good scene partner. I know that he gets a lot of praise for like elevating sketches through his reactions, but I also just think that he is a good person to be on stage with where he's like really connected to you and he doesn't really care if he's doing something interesting it would seem and i think that bowen does that really well too that he had one specific thing that he was doing he had kind of created this affectation with with this character and then he just made the whole scene work as a good partner to um, regina and the rest of the people in the sketch i thought it was great yeah i I agree. And that's actually a good point. Cause I think if bone wasn't there, that part would have been Keenan. Yeah, perhaps. And I think that getting more of those like utility people that kind of work, no matter what the sketches are, yeah. are going to be helpful. And I think that Bowen just whatever he's doing, uh, whatever kind of energy he brings to scenes is really valuable. And I, I hope that, um, 
he continues to like, he just needs to not be a featured player. Like, what is he doing? Like he needs right. to be a regular cast member. I am stunned that both he and Chloe are in that kind of lower tier still. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause they, uh, they do not belong there. Yeah, yeah. Pay, him, pay him some more money. Um, and then the uh, last sketch, which was weird because we did not end with a sketch after the last thing that happened in this episode was the second musical performance. Oh yeah. Uh, but the last sketch that appeared on this television show was uh, the school assembly. And basically we get um, the vagina monologues, except they've replaced the word vagina with elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one was funny. I think this one uh, went a little bit too long because there's really nowhere to go with it after we got it. But at the same time, I love seeing the characters that AD and Kate bring. Um, and so it was just funny hearing the specifics that they were doing with their characters. Yeah. Like, I think this sketch was dumb, mm -hmm. but it meant to be. Right. right. And so the, the, um, the three women playing the kind of, uh, feminist theater troupe members, Regina, AD, and Kate, were all playing these kind of overwrought one man, one woman show kind of characters. And then, you know, you had Mikey and Heidi as the school people that were reacting, which was, I think, wholly unnecessary. They felt like, look at this weirdo as a trope of SNL. But I did like the kids in the audience, uh, Chris, Melissa, and Andy, trying to reconcile what was being said. I thought mm -hmm. that was cool where they basically kind of go, Oh, we get it. Yeah. Uh, we know I thought that saying. was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I really, uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They were great, great supporting. Yeah. And it, it was a, a dumb premise idea, just saying elbow over and over and over. And you could kind of see that eventually they're going to slip up. It was kind of predictable the ending of it, but uh, I liked it. It was funny. Yeah, but it was it was almost five minutes long, and I was like, you know, yeah. If you cut out the reactions from Heidi and Mikey, and maybe do a a round or two less with the going back to the the feminist uh, theater troupe on stage, I think it's a tighter, better experience. Yeah, I agree, and I think that that's you know who knows what the specific culprit was where there was basically a whole film sketch that didn't make it. And it's interesting. They, they put it on YouTube, but they didn't list it as being a cut for time sketch. It was just uh, some, oh. some kind of Kyle Mooney deal that I did not watch. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that one. I saw it on Instagram. Uh, yeah. They didn't list it as cut for time. It was just like, they threw it up there kind of out of context. Um, oh, weird. Yeah. So, that's it. That's the episode. Um, going to the good nights. There wasn't anybody notably there or not there. Uh, I forget who it was, but somebody was taking great interest to one of the night sweats, uh, saxophones at the end. Cause one of the members of the night sweats was there at the good nights with his like tenor sax or Barry mm. sax. And somebody was just like talking to him about it. I can't remember. That's something that's oh. stuck in my mind. Um, but yeah. So, uh, what was your favorite sketch of the night? I think my my favorite sketch has to be uh, Peloton. It yeah. was just it was very funny and it was just the clear winner. But there are a lot of good sketches. Yeah, I think it was head and shoulders above the rest. If I had to pick a live sketch, I think I'd pick Fleona 
uh, as a as the live sketch I like the best. Yeah. So who's your uh, favorite not ready for prime time player? This one uh, again, interest. It's interesting. I I loved Kate doing her thing uh, in the weekend update, and I loved Mikey Day's specific character. But I think I'm going to go with eighty. Mm. thought 80 was a uh, very strong and she was in a lot of sketches so i would go with 80 but shout outs to kate and mikey yeah i'd like to add a little variety here um and not always agree with you but it is clearly 80 right like she was right uh you know she was ted cruz in the cold open she was the main one woman in the birthday sketch she was in the fleona sketch she was one of the feminist actors in the um the assembly sketch that we just talked about but she was all over the place she was in essentially everything yeah she was in the the hostage negotiator film sketch so yeah yeah she was all over the place and i think hopefully we're just making up for lost time right like she you know for being away for doing the the uh, filming shrill the fact that she's back now i think they're trying to use more of her and cecily and kate now that they're all available and all together yeah and use as much as you can because you don't know how much time is left. Yeah, well, everybody, you know, Keenan and Chris have a TV show on NBC and, you know, uh, 80s got her show Shrill on Hulu and then Kate's going to continue making movies and stuff that you're only going to have the crew together for much, for so much longer. So I think they're trying yeah. to maximize them in this weird um, season. Yeah. And then uh, are you, uh, are stock up and down buying tickets, are you more or less interested in Regina King? I'm going to say I'm, I'm neutral because okay. I've seen her work. It's great. Uh, I did see One Night in Miami. Uh, fabulous, great movie. But I, you know, her performance wasn't that great, but that's not what she's known for. And that's not what she's good at is sketch comedy. So <laughs> right. Uh, based off of this, neutral. Yeah, I think... What I need to do is uh, I heard nothing but good things about Watchmen. So I need to watch that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've already recommended One Night Miami, which was I was already interested in. I just need to make time for. So I think I'll probably end up examining more of her stuff. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm not uh, I'm not buying any additional Regina King stock. I think I'm just going to hold on to what I have. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, and then uh, with where yet with uh the musical guest nathaniel rateliff oh i love him i i, I liked him before and, I, and yeah he's just great he's a great performer and it's very interesting so yeah i would definitely go buy tickets to see him oh yeah and i i think so too that's one of those i've had a few experiences where i've just like gone blind into a concert where somebody either gives me tickets or uh, I like a song or two and then I'll go see them. I did that with um, um, Dropkick Murphys. I did that with Social Distortion where it's like, or even Chance the Rapper when I when I saw him where it's like, uh, I think I'm going to have a good time at this concert, but I don't know much about anything uh, and have always been happy. So that's one of the things where it's like, I'm certainly going to listen to more of his music now, but I also... Uh, would just sight unsee and I'll go see that guy live. He seems like it would be a good time. Yeah. And then uh, next week we have, did you see who we get next week? 
So there's a new Exodus episode. Tonight. Yeah, they they uh, did a rare thing where they had their three, they did their kind of post of here's the next three episodes. And this was the third of those three. And then next week they have Regé Jean Page and Bad Bunny. So uh, Regé Jean Page is from Bridgerton. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. He is this super hot guy on Bridgerton who is this like enigmatic duke of something. Okay. Um, so he's like one of the main people in that show. Uh, it's totally worth watching. It's like nine episodes on Netflix. Oh, sweet. And it's just kind of, it it's like a Victorian period drama with um, kind of modern sensibilities. It's produced by Shonda Rhimes. Oh, okay. So it, it doesn't feel like a Shondaland kind of thing. It's not as exploitative as a scandal or how to get away with murder or whatever, but it's definitely like fun and worth your time. Oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. I'll have to definitely check that out. So uh, him. So that's another another uh, kind of serious, dramatic actor hosting the show in subsequent weeks. But the, from what I see on Bridgerton, I think he's pretty cool. Uh, and then uh, music by Bad Bunny. Okay. I know her kind of just from the radio. Uh, I am really feeling like old man Brian over here because this is another person that I know nothing about, but I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's on TikTok. She's got some TikTok songs. Okay. I bet you'd recognize some of them. Probably. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. Uh, it's so funny because so many things on TikTok, I think, uh, just exist there. And then, yeah. or they certainly have a life of their own there. And then I'll hear it on the radio. I'm like, oh, that's, oh, that's who that's that is. So- yeah. Because like, I probably heard the name Bad Bunny and heard music by this person, but did not know that they like connect to each other. Yeah. 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 She's good. She'll be interesting. Yeah. So uh, we'll have this week. Maybe they'll do another one after this. But if not, then we will uh, continue with some of our kind of side series of um, our Not Ready for Primetime Profile or Tales from the uh, One Timers Club or something like that. So we'll fill in the weeks after that. But we have a new episode, which is exciting. So uh, please make sure you rate, review, and Subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to at Saturday Night Rewind. We're available on Twitter at SN Rewind. You can find Randall on uh, TikTok and Instagram and sometimes on Twitter at Fresh Cut Randall. You can find me uh, in all of those places to a lesser degree at Mr. B Paradise, Instagram, Twitter, and I'm a lurker on TikTok. I like when people make one minute videos to entertain me. So, yeah. uh, and if you'd like to uh, contribute to the show and email us a question or a comment, you can do so at snrewindpod at gmail.com. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for talking SNL with me, Randall. We're sorry this uh, episode's a little bit late, but scheduling is challenging, but we're very excited to do this for you every week. And please tell your friends, we're having a good time. Yeah, we are. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs>